welcome to episode 118 of the Red Box Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Red Box. I'm your host, Bob Phelan, and with me this week, quite a few people, current co-host, Joel Phelan. Hello. Temporarily back from hiatus, Casey Brady. What's up? And back for the fourth time from soundonsite.org, Edgar Shippett. Hey, good evening, guys, gentlemen. Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Fan favorite. We always are glad to have you back. <laughs> How are things going? I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, a lot of work. Been as busy as a bee, but uh, I'm still popping out some articles now and then for good old sound on site. I still have a nice, cozy spot there, I guess, since I'm one of the elder statesmen of the site at this point. Sounds good. All right, well, to this week, we're going to be talking about two recent horror releases uh, that came out last year, The Babadook, a, I believe, a Swedish film, correct me if I'm wrong. Australian, I Australian. believe. Australian, yeah. yeah. What was I thinking of? Who cares? <laughs> uh, the other movie is Starry Eyes. That is also not a Swedish film. And since it's about to be the summer, we're going to talk about our top five most anticipated summer releases of 2015, because we're going to have our third annual summer box office draft. Each year we keep adding a new draftee, and pretty soon we'll, we'll have quite a few people will start multiplying it, right? <laughs> but alright, let's get started. First review, The Babadook. What's it about, Casey? Uh, oh man, it feels like old times. Uh, it is about a small family, a mother and a son. The father was killed in a car crash. Uh, they are living on their own. Um, one day the son um, wants the mom to read a, a storybook. And it's called The, the Babadook. Uh, and in the, the story, is uh, it's a pop-up book. It is about uh, this kind of boogeyman type of creature that... Basically, um, once you know of its existence, haunts the person and terrorizes them endlessly. Well, the mom just thinks it's, you know, some, you know, just story. But she finds out throughout the movie that it is not just a story, uh, that this creature is real. Uh, at first she thinks it's the son that is just having uh, behavioral issues due to the father dying. Uh, but by the end you realize that it's not really the son. The, the creature is real. Yeah, and this movie was critically acclaimed. Um, I've heard of quite a few people had it pretty high up on their top 10 list for 2014, so I know I was looking forward to it. It's not very often you get a great horror movie, but when you do, I always enjoy them. So let's talk about our expectations coming in. Edgar, how about you? Uh, well, much like yourself, uh, Bob, I had heard of fair amount of this movie without actually ever knowing too much of what it was. So I suppose just because of uh, what the critical community had to say, you know, I had some fairly uh, high expectations. I went to expecting a good film, I'd say. Sounds good. How about you, Joe? I didn't have a lot of expectations going in, but I had heard a little bit about it, kind of like a um, movie to look out for. I had a few opportunities to actually see it before, but I just always didn't put much thought into it, so it was about time that I got to watch it. Um, I heard it was a very good film, but for me, horror films uh, usually are a letdown, so I 
did not have too high of expectations. So what happened in the end? Um, I think it was a moderately good film. I don't think it is anywhere near deserving of the, the, the critical acclaim that it has. Um, but it, it was moderately good. Okay. Joe? Yeah, I, I feel the same way about it. It was watchable. I enjoyed most of it. But in the end, I feel like the movie couldn't decide what it wanted to be. It was sort of, I don't know, kind of confusing and hectic towards the end and then ended up kind of really not meaning anything. How about you, Edgar? Uh, th- those are, that's a pretty interesting comment, uh, Joel. I think I know where you're coming from with that comment. Uh, for my part, uh, I think I liked it a little bit more than uh, than uh, the first two of you. I, I uh, actually watched it not that long ago today, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, you know, do is it a five out of five? Oh, I'm sorry. Is, <laughs> is it a ten out of ten? You know, we'll see. Maybe not. But I enjoyed it quite a bit. But I can see. I can see where it might be a little confusing as to what it's trying to be. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much on the same page as Edgar. I liked it quite a bit. It didn't make my top ten list or anything, but I think it was a very worthy horror movie. Uh, probably one of the best of last year for me. But does that say much? I feel like last year was not... Yeah, it was did not consider well, strong on that. I'd have to review all the horror movies that came out. <laughs> you haven't done that? I like... <laughs> But, <laughs> what were some of the big horror movies? I, I find 2014 has sort of just left my mind. Can any of you cite some like good horror movies from last year? I'll be talking about one later on and what else we watched that I liked even better than this. But uh, Interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I guess the only one I can think of is Devil's Deal, which was probably one of the worst movies from last year. But I'm okay. sure there's some good examples out there. Yeah, it's not really my genre to begin with. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think what's going on with this movie. I think the reason why I like it. I think the reason why the certainly the critics, the snobby critics, loved it. But also why maybe it's a little confusing at times is uh, I think it's, it's like a pretty rare instance where we have a horror movie. You know, goes through some scares and there's some sort of a monster lurking out and about in the house here. Uh, where we spend most of the movie, but um, it's really based on a lot of drama and some pretty tough drama too. I mean, this is a mother who has a particularly difficult relationship, a strained relationship with her own son. And the movie puts in a lot of effort, uh, boldly or crazily, a lot of effort into making this kid like as annoying as possible. So annoying. Uh, yeah, and the movie does a great job of that, by the way. I mean, I wanted to smack that little kid after a while. But the thing is, this is the mother. It's, it's, it's a single-parent single family. She's under a lot of duress. Uh, she's not sleeping. And so we have this really uh, provocative drama of a mother who is tr- still trying to find a way to love her own son, but she just can't bring herself to do it. And that's, you know, that's pretty provocative. And then you add on to that, I guess, I guess this is where we can maybe open up a debate or something, but the, the titular Babadook, you know, this thing probably really exists. Is it praying? 
Is it some sort of a manifestation of her anxiety and the trouble she's having with her own son? So we have this movie going for scares on the one hand, and, we, on, and on the other hand, we have, even if you remove the Babadook from the film, we'd have a pretty provocative, interesting drama, and maybe the two don't perfectly come together. I think it's a little open-ended as to what exactly is the Babadook, uh, I mean, by the end of the movie, without giving too much away, pretty clear that, yes, this thing actually exists. Um, but, you know, why is it preying on them? You know, it's it's maybe not super clear. So I can see how maybe it might be a little confusing and just doesn't really, just really doesn't really come together maybe in the end for some. Yeah, and I, I thought that the Babadook was a physical manifestation of her grief from losing... Her husband, did anybody have any different interpretations? Um, I, I mean, I feel like it is, uh, I mean, by the end, it pretty much says that he was a real creature. Yeah. It wasn't just her imagination. Um, but I, I think you have a good point that the, the, the drama aspect to this film is really, I actually thought, pretty compelling. Yeah. But then when you include this horror aspect to it, that's when it degrades into kind of a... I don't want to say cheesy film, but a film that is cheapened. Um, especially the ending of the film cheapens the entire um, yeah. make of it. Um, it pretty much goes the route that a lot of horror films go uh, near the end, and that just that ruined it for me. It was probably around an eight, eight and a half, and then sunk drastically as a result. It didn't. The ending didn't really bother me too much. It wasn't my favorite part of the movie either. But I actually do like the look of the actual Babadook himself. They, it is kind of creepy. They don't show him very often. It's one of those classic cases of what you don't see is scarier than what you see. But even when you see him, I thought pretty good design for uh, for one of these type of monsters. Um, I, I don't think it took away from the film. Usually I actually do like a, a horror film that doesn't show the monster uh, or the creature. Uh, but in this case it was okay. It was fine. Yeah, like in Mama, that movie, it was effective when you didn't see the monster or the creature, but then once you did, it was laughable. So. Oh, that's terrible when that happened. I haven't seen Mama, but I've heard, I've, that's not the first time I hear that comment. Yeah. I just thought the film, it, when it was building, couldn't decide if it went to be a scary, like, cerebral kind of thriller or a monster story. Yeah, that's and it kind of struggled between those two a little bit, and then... Well, it's funny. It also it, it almost tries to uh, become a bit of an, uh, an exorcist movie, not in the sense that there's an exorcism going on necessarily, but more along the lines of um, the Babadook. I mean, Kate, uh, not Kate, Bob. I think you were the one saying that uh, the creature is a manifestation of of the mother's grief, and not only is it that, but it it basically infiltrates her mind, body, and soul. Uh, I thought that I did. I did not know going into the movie that that actually was going to was going to happen. I thought it was just a monster lurking in the house. So I thought that was kind of an interesting little twist. I think that that supports your theory of that it's the manifestation of her grief. Uh, I thought that was actually one of the film's stronger elements. It was one of the instances where the like the marriage between the horror element and the drama did come together. Uh, which is probably probably why I ended up liking it as much as I did, and 
I also think the Babadook looks pretty cool. We see him more in the book than we do uh, yeah. in live action, uh, which I guess is a smart move. Uh, uh, you know, if we go uh, <laughs> if if Mama is our um, barometer, yeah, I guess they <laughs> maybe maybe they were big fans of Mama until they the monster came out and they said, "Ooh, man, let's uh, hold back here a little bit more." Yeah, it could be. Well, speaking of the book, I thought that by itself was creepy, and I believe you have a copy. Edgar? No, I, I don't have a copy. Uh, what I have is um, I bought it on on Blu-ray, and the slipcover. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, it's just a slipcover. It's it's really very very nice. I'm holding it now. It's the the cover of the slipcover is like the cover of the book. It's red and just silhouette of the Babadook. But instead of just being a simple slipcover, there's also like a page you can open, and it's the page that. Uh, we have this uh, well, freak hovering over the child's bed, yelling, "Let me in!" So, uh, but unfortunately, uh, I think if 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 you buy it in the United States, it's actually it's an actual pop-up Babadook, which is a little bit cooler. I don't know why we didn't get that here in Canada, but yeah, it's pretty <laughs> sexy cover. Yeah, um, the the interesting other interesting part of this movie was that the first half is completely puts you in the perspective of the mom and shows how annoying the son is. But then there's a certain point where the perspective changes where the son becomes basically your your protagonist and the mother becomes annoying and terrible towards the son. I thought that was an interesting choice. And even like the TV shows that she's watching when she's up all night change from like in the first half, I Love Lucy and romantic stuff, to the second half, it's like, violent things on the television and just you can see from the it follows her change of mind or her mindset just thought that was interesting you know the movie does play that uh, that card quite nicely well you know i guess the, the counter argument would be well once you put a child in peril it's it's easy to cheer for the child and and go against whoever the attacker is or the aggressor is. But I, I agree, the movie does it. In this instance, the movie does it pretty well. And she, uh, I do like the couple scenes where her motions uh, replicate those of, of the Babadook. Uh, where they, that's, you know, it, and then it's really getting into pretty much like exorcist territory where the mother is, is becoming yeah. a, a new iteration of the Babadook. But I, I thought it looked pretty good. and. Uh, what do you guys think of the sound design in particular of this uh, in this movie and of the monster? I really enjoyed it. the score and the sound design were some of my favorite parts of it. I thought it really set the tone and uh, yeah, I thought did a the great Bob job. Duke actually sounded pretty creepy as well. Yeah, it was different. Yeah, that's like this film didn't do a lot of the the usual scare tactics. It tried to actually create the television show a scare tactics. Well, <laughs> But but so yeah, the the sound really enhanced the horror aspect. Not that the film ever was that scary, but it did add um, more horror elements. Yeah, to it. I never and actually so, sorry was uh, scared by the movie. It was for me, it was more of a a drama than a actual horror movie. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Like there's a scene with the dog that I thought was pretty creepy. But other than that, not too uh, many jumps or anything. Is it just me, or were there some sounds coming from the monster that sounded like the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park? <laughs> yeah, some cracking, some... <laughs> yeah, definitely heard that. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know if that would, it sounded, I haven't watched Jurassic Park in a few years, so maybe my memory's just playing tricks on me, but it really felt like they were going into, they had to somehow acquired that sound design, maybe, uh, just, it, I don't know, or they just stole it, but it still, it worked. Yeah, definitely. There were a few moments where I felt like, okay, when's the dinosaur going to show up? <laughs> And from a technical standpoint, I thought the movie was really well made. Great cinematography. You got the camera creeping in in certain instances. Um, there had a lot of close-ups, especially on the mother, Essie Davis's face. I noticed that. Not too many far shots. But um, well acted. All the technical aspects, I thought, really well done. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty awesome looking house too. Well, I mean, awesome. It, it, it's 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 awesome in the context of a of a family uh, that's uh, slowly tearing itself apart. In, in this instance, that very every room seems to have that weird blue color, and even just the way the house is decorated, it I felt that it was a bit off uh, throughout the whole movie, and I, I'm assuming that's intentional. I, I I like the the set design. I thought that really set the mood as well. Definitely. Um, there was an interesting scene when uh, the mom... What is her name? Does anyone remember her name? The kid Samuel... Yeah, she's she's like Amelia or something? Close. Yeah, it could be that. But uh, the scene when she's ple trying to pleasure herself to get a little stress relief <laughs> from all the pressure that she's dealing with. And uh -huh, yeah. Predictably, she's interrupted, but just does a good job of showing that she just she can't get any get away from it at all no matter what she tries to do and the relationship with her sister I thought was pretty interesting as well her sister pretty much abandons her when she needs her the most her her son attacks his I guess cousin and pushes her out of a treehouse <laughs> she was pretty mean uh, I don't know if she deserved that all that but well, that's the thing. It's it's you know it's also a story about two people who are, you know, you have this kid who is, admittedly, pretty annoying, although he does love his mother dearly, and you have the mother who's, you know, under a lot of duress, a lot of strain, still grieving. You know, it's been six or seven years, and it's just their overall, the aura they they they, that cut that that comes off them, it, it irks everybody, like everybody gets annoyed with them, so it's it's a story about isolation, I suppose, and maybe that's what the Babadook is preying on as well, when you're sad and you're distraught and you're you're isolated, well, you become an easy prey for uh, the Babadook. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, anybody else have anything, Joel? Uh, pretty good on it? <laughs> All right, let's give it a rating. Have a start with Joel. What, what would you give it? I'd give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah. thought um, it was really watchable. But. I'll give it a 7.5. Uh, if it would have went completely drama, uh, maybe even maybe edged to the thriller aspect to it, uh, just gotten rid of all of the horror aspect, it would have been a much, much better film. I can respect that. Um, I'd probably give it a heavy 8 or a light 8.5 out of 10. I really liked it a lot. Thought it did a great job of showing the struggles of parenting, especially if you're a single parent, single mom. Uh, as far as the horror, uh, horror elements, I enjoyed as well. So, thumbs up for me. 
I'll 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 sit comfortably uh, with an eight. It's a solid movie, a lot of fun, well, fun, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, I, I can see myself watching it again just because it's there is a nice sense of style to it. It's it is well directed. Yeah, definitely. So let's move on to the second uh, recently released horror movie of the week. This would be Starry Eyes. Synopsis time, Casey. Basically, it is about uh, is about a wannabe movie oh, star uh, who works uh, at I think Big Taters, I believe it's called. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. And she finally gets her big breakthrough. She has an uh, audition for a movie by a somewhat famous uh, production company. Um, she gets a callback. She goes back for the callback. Uh, she's asked to go back for a third time and. Each time she's asked to do something a little bit more dramatic than before, the third callback is way too far for her. Uh, but then she realizes she truly wants to be a star, quits her job, and goes back, and things deteriorate from there. Yeah, that's pretty pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, Expectation-wise, uh, I had only heard of this movie because of the Salmon Site podcast last year. You guys did a lot of these under-the-radar genre movies, and mm. it sounded interesting from what I heard, so I figured it could be worth going. How about you got either of you, Joel or Casey, have you, have you heard of it? I actually hadn't heard of it, um, so yeah. I did not expect anything. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it. It seemed horror-y from the cover, the picture yeah and netflix's rating was one and a half stars so all right uh, yeah. edgar you saw this at fantasia film fest yeah it's uh by, by i should caveat this whole review by saying i have not had the time to rewatch it since but i, I did enjoy it so it's, it's, it's still somewhat vivid in my memory but the circumstances under which i saw it were kind of interesting it was at fantasia uh you're right about that it was it was the week was it the week it must have been it must have been the week that Guardians of the Galaxy came up, because there was like a, a preview screening of some sort a couple of days before. So I was downstairs in the basement of the university where the, the film festival takes place. We were watching Starry Eyes, and just above us, people were getting to see Guardians of the Galaxy for the first time. So that was kind of an interesting little, yeah. interesting little uh, twist there. But, Pretty uh, similar movies. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and I remember the presenter. He was like really geared up, he was so happy, people had chosen to see Starry Eyes and Seth Gardens of Yeah, I think I was revving up the crowd. But as, as with respect to expectations, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. It was a horror movie, had something to do with the business, let's see what happens. Yeah, and uh, I'll start it off, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Didn't like it as much as The Babadook, but definitely give it a thumbs up. So I actually, I really enjoyed this film. Uh, there's a lot of flaws to it, but overall, there's a lot to like about it. Um, the style, the actual just events happening inside the film, the acting I thought was very good. Um, probably one of the best parts for me was actually the the makeup. Uh, yeah, like the visual effects. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but I just thought that there was a lot of technical things that they did well, um, some technical things they didn't do so well, but overall, very positive. Cool. Joel? Yeah, generally, all the things I thought that were going to be wrong with this movie, they did pretty well. Like the acting and the flow, but I really just didn't enjoy the overall story really? in the end. Okay, that's fair. Edgar? 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I remember enjoying it quite a bit. It, it's kind of an interesting story about. Uh, uh, it, it's a it's a it's a Hollywood uh, fairy tale that turns into a nightmare. It sounds being seduced by the the spotlight of of the Hollywood Hills, I imagine, and any break you can get to, to get it set, to your your first that first step into the business, you'll take it. And she literally, she, she, I, did she sell her soul to the devil? Or is it just sort of cult? I don't remember exactly. Um, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much a cult. Yeah. More so than... Yeah. yeah. And it, it, remind, it reminded me of a lot of other movies that I liked a lot. You know, I got Kill List vibes here and there with the cult aspects. Um, reminded me a lot of the movie Entrance, which is an indie horror movie a couple of years back. Just the way it's shot and acted. And... Uh, had a little bit of a Mulholland Drive feel to it as well. Interesting. Where would we get that from? Yeah, we have. How did you get that? Just, I don't know. <laughs> just reminded me of it, just in the feel of the movie. Um, the way that her, the main protagonist, kind of, you see it from one side in the beginning, and then as it goes on, you start to have realizations and, and how her motives change and all that. I correlated this film a little bit more to Under the Skin. Okay. Um, mainly because of the soulless uh, aspect to it. Um, because this main character, she is... You really don't even know who she truly is because she's willing to be anything but herself as long as she can become this movie star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like is she, she kind of plays herself as a nice person just around her friends and all that, but then there's little moments where, like, a girl falls and starts bleeding from her face, and she's just, like, laughing. (laughs) Little hints of what might be her real personality, so it's like, did she just go where she was meant to go in the end, or, you know, was she transformed through the actions? Some uh, interesting things. We had a little column of transformation that was kind of cool, like the... uh... Her eyes. Yeah. yeah. She likes well, to lose her hair. And... Well, how, how do you guys feel about the overall, I guess, story in the sense that it's talking about a industry that I, I'm guessing that we all love, the, the movie industry. Um, do you guys like movies that usually talk about the film industry itself? Kind of talking about, you know. That could be hit or miss for me, these kinds of movies. Sometimes it feels like too inside baseball and only filmmakers or other people that are in the business would really understand what it's trying to say. And then sometimes it uh, does a good job of what you could imagine is going on. So it just depends. It could be anywhere on the spectrum for me. I think this one stays clear of, of going to uh, inside baseball, to borrow that expression. It doesn't, doesn't really go down that alley. It's more... I, from what I remember, at least, I sort of saw it as a, a, a not very subtle commentary about, uh, you know, how, how, how talent agencies work and how producers, you know, try to get the most out of, you know, these young up-and-coming actors. You know, when you haven't made a name for yourself, you're pretty much willing to do uh, anything. You know, in real life, we're talking about you know, not, not earning a lot and, and taking some pretty crummy roles. I've seen this movie. You replace that with uh, turning into a, a monster of some sort <laughs> and killing all your friends. Yeah. Um, 
but I sort of took it as a, it, I mean, it's a fun movie. I enjoyed it, but you know, it's sort of a, I saw it more of a commentary. It's just how, uh, you know, you give yourself up for that type of an industry when you really want to get in and, 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 uh, you know, you maybe don't have the connections at first, so you're, you're willing to give up a lot to be a part of that, to, to that, that circle, that industry. Yeah, it's a little ahead of its time with all the Harvey Weinstein uh, accusations going on recently. Oh, what's going on there? Um, some actress, young actress, was going to sue him for sexual harassment of making her do sexual acts to get the job. And oh, I th- really? I think the case got dropped, but uh, yeah, pretty similar to what goes on in this movie, at least you know, mm-hmm. if, it's, if the accusations are true. I remember the producer. I don't remember that actor's name. I, I, to, admittedly, I've never seen him in anything since or before that. But he was—he's a lot of fun in this movie too. Yeah, yeah he was. Agency producer. Yeah, he's the, uh, the, the very greasy-looking fellow. Uh, bug eyes. <laughs> kind of charming, but you can just sense there's something weird under the skin there. Yeah, under the skin. That's why it reminded you of that case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is a very visceral movie. I mean so disgusting with the uh, like you said the um, visual effects and how they use practical stuff like the fingernails falling off hair falling out teeth like she really becomes an evil monster yeah her decay at the end end of the film um, looks so unbelievably real Um, you almost wonder maybe did she go through this obviously not but um, it it was an incredible uh, artistry done Mm-hmm. To make her look like this. Yes, and an interesting idea to have the, your main character, the person you're rooting for, to slowly become more and more evil as the movie goes on. And by the end, the main character is killing all innocent people. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely not someone you're rooting for. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. you have an evil character that you root for. No, this no. is <laughs> someone that you despise. Yeah, and great job by that actress, Alex Esso, I believe her name was, really uh, convincing in that downfall as well. And the kills are pretty brutal. I remember there's one in the kitchen that just goes on for Yeah. Yeah, I thought the effects <clears throat> the effects on the uh, kills were pretty cool. Yeah, yeah very uh, believable. And the one in the bed was just like Yeah. It went <laughs> on for like a good forty five seconds longer than I expected. <laughs> the budget on Heinz tomato ketchup was doing pretty Yeah. <laughs> you gotta get like a Costco sized <laughs> I also thought there was some interesting film technique, especially with like the auditions of how the second one, especially when it's like pitch black and then flashing spotlight on her. Mm-hmm. Just a really interesting way to get inside uh, that room and show what she's seeing as she's going through it. Yep. I think the whole film though was very dull and uh, dark, and I think I mean obviously that's reflecting on the tone itself, but it's something that I don't think that you really notice. Consciously, it's a very subconscious uh, type of atmosphere the, the the cinematographer created. Yeah, I would agree with that. This takes place in Los Angeles, right? Yeah, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's certainly one. It's a movie that doesn't really make that city look very neat. It's, it it looks kind of gray. It always feels like it's an overcast day. I guess sort of sets the tone a little bit as well. Yeah. Definitely. And I, I thought there was an interesting contrast between when she's with the producers and 
and doing her auditions and how that felt like an old-timey style mixed to when she's with her friends and it just seems like today's time. I don't know. They seem modern and old-timey. Interesting contrast. But uh, they do a good job of showing that, that she's an actress that has body image problems. She works at Big Taters and she, I thought that was a funny take on like Hooters. And she's obviously like throwing up. Well, one thing with this film, I I, um, I looked to the Babadook. Uh, you at first you kind of wonder, is this all through her perspective? Some films have it through the, the, the main character's perspective. Other times it's like a, a third person or a third omniscient type of view. Um, but when you first see the uh, casting directors, they're so abnormal. You have this. One guy who is not just a jerk, but it's a, there's something extremely off about him. And then same with the the, the, the woman casting director. Yeah. Um, I, I really like that that aspect to it. Just wondering, well, whether it is her point of view or whether it, this is like an actual kind of uh, different type of world that we're looking at. Yeah, and it, it makes sense in the end when you realize it's kind of a cult. They did kind of act cultish there. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it also makes you wonder, like, what happened to the other actors and actresses that auditioned for these people? Like, are they monsters to... It's a horror movie company, right? Yeah, I believe, I think so. I guess that... that see, that actually kind of makes sense. You, know, you make a monster to make, a, to make monster movies, I guess. So that is, I guess they get away with it that way. Yeah, and I, again, I like Bob and Book. I like the score for this movie as well. But that's that's all I pretty much have. I think that's a good. I'd give it a seven and a half out of ten. Casey, this one, I'm thinking another seven and a half. Um, I enjoyed this probably a little bit more than the Bob and Duke film. It does have a fun last act for sure. Mm -hmm. Joe, I give it a six and a half. Uh, I thought the acting was actually pretty well, but I just didn't think the story elements really blend it well. I thought it was, and I could, I think it could uh, benefit it from being like twenty minutes shorter. Yeah. All right. but, Edgar, I'll go. Uh, I'll go with you guys. I'll go seven and a half. It's it's decent. It's solid. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we just looked back at two movies. For our top five this week, let's look ahead to the summer and talk about our most anticipated movies. Yeah, I after looking at this list, I realized I'm not looking forward to the <laughs> summer. Uh, I don't think there's a great splendor of movies coming out. No, um, I kind of agree. I was surprised. I thought last year was a really good summer. Um, just from before it even saw all the movies, like I... There was a lot I was looking forward to and a lot that I really enjoyed. Some that I expected, some surprises. Hopefully this year there's a lot of surprises because just on the face of things, it seems like a weak summer outside of a few things here yeah. or there. Very weak. Very yeah. weak. What do you think, Edgar, as a whole this summer? Yeah, I have to admit, I'm, I'm going to echo a lot of your sentiments, guys. I, I, I seem to recall being just a bit more amped up for what was coming out last year than this year. I mean, there's some, what I hope will be highlights, and my number one is unmistakably number one, and I hope to God it's good. <laughs> uh, but honestly, 
my two, three, four, five, you know, I hope they'll be good, but I'm not like dying to see those movies. So, uh, yeah. and there's, I, I, I have a Word document here where I punched in pretty much as many titles as I could that I guess you could consider big blockbusters. And yeah, I don't care about half of these things. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Joel? Yeah, I mean, there's a handful of solid movies, and other than that, it's not much. I, see, the thing is, when I when I was creating this list, I was just thinking, I don't, I mean, whether it's going to be good or not, it's do I want some of these films to be good? Obviously, I do, but there's not, I couldn't even find one film that I am I'm going to go to the theaters for. I, I, mm. I might, I probably will go to a, a theater for a couple of these. But there's none that I actually really want. That you're dying, that you're going to opening day. Yeah. Not well, even hoping that they're good. Wow. Yeah. Well, well then, start it off with number five. Uh, I'm going to start it off with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon 2. Oh. Um, this, what is uh, it called? This, the Green something? It is the Green Destiny. Yes. Um, it is the sequel to the 2000 uh, mega hit. Uh, Straight to Netflix, I believe. Well, it's, some limited it, release. it's going to be released simultaneously uh, with Netflix and in IMAX, uh, which that's going to cut down on the revenue drastically, so I would definitely not put that <laughs> in my box office draft. Uh, but I, I feel I love, I truly love the first film. Um, it's a, I believe it is a different director. I think some of the same actors, uh, I'm not exactly sure, but I'm sure it's going to be a pretty good film. Yeah, I just recently caught up slash rewatched Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon at the end of last year slash beginning of this, and and I loved it. So I'm definitely interested in this uh, sequel, even He's, though it's uh, like 15 years later. Zhang Zhang Yizi or whatever, Zhang Yizi is she back? I'm not 100 percent sure. I hope so. I believe I mean, there are a couple of uh, actors and actresses that are coming back, but I'm not. True, which ones? Gotcha. How about you, Joel? My number, number five, five is kind of my bubble movie, but uh, Masterminds. Okay. And comedy? Yeah, uh, Zach Elfnack is in. Uh, actually, I've written down. So, what is uh, what is that about? Are they like criminal masterminds? What kind of masterminds are we I talking about? I think they're like working at a bank or something. I saw the tr initial trailer for it, but it's been a little while. I think they like work at a bank and they just are idiots and <laughs> kind of smarten up and realize to fucking or freaking steal one hundred fifty million or something like that. <laughs> look pretty funny. Yeah, it's it's my bubble movie. It yeah. could either be a complete flop or it could be pretty good. I hadn't really heard anything about it, so maybe I'll keep it in mind. What's your number five, Edgar? Uh, well, my number five is a movie I didn't know existed until I saw the trailer for it uh, at the cinema the last week. A uh, movie called Selfless. Uh, it stars uh, what's his face and the other and, and the other what's his face Ryan Reynolds and Ben Kingsley, and mm. it's some sort of a sci-fi thriller in which uh, I believe the movie starts with Ben Kingsley's character, who's very wealthy. Not sure what is what he made his money in and he's old and I guess he's dying and he resurrects himself in Ryan Reynolds' body 
and uh, obviously there's some side effects that come along with it. So I, I like the concept, and the trailer makes it look pretty, pretty neat. Uh, I don't know what the buzz is, though. I mean, my, I, I did not know this thing existed until about a week ago, but it looks kind of cool. Yeah, I hadn't heard too much about it either, but it does sound like an interesting concept that could go either way, it seems like, most of the time when you're just scared by concept. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of that. It could go either way just because of Ryan Reynolds, too. That guy's track record is just a little bit on the iffy side. Yeah, a little spotty. Uh, my number five is Mission Impossible 5, Rogue Nation. Hmm. This is a franchise that, it's always pretty fun. I thought the first one was really good. second one, not so much. But I enjoyed the third one, and especially the fourth one, uh, Ghost Protocol. Last year, I think Tom Cruise, we've talked about it. He's an underrated action movie star. And I don't know, I think we'll probably just get more of the same. Saw the trailer, looked pretty fun to me. Um, what, what, uh, Ghost Protocol was the last one yeah. was surprisingly very good it was very very good yeah I believe so, we saw it together in IMAX we did yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it should be close to the same as that one yeah and if it is I'll be happy yeah. what's your number four my number four is Vacation <laughs> uh, it has Chevy Chase I think uh, Jason Sudeikis um Zed Helms, I believe, is Rusty. Ed Helms, yeah. Uh, he's Rusty. He's now grown up. And he's taking his family on vacation. I love the old vacation films. Um, so I, Some of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, as soon as I saw that, it immediately went on my list. Cool, yeah. Is, oh, this, is this like a, a real a National Lampoon's thing? I don't know if it is or not. It doesn't, it's just, it, like the first one's always said, National Lampoon's blah, 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 vacation. This one doesn't have that, so I don't know if it is or not. I, I feel like it's almost like a reboot type thing. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I feel like they wouldn't be able to use the name without Lampoon's at least approval, so. Yeah. yeah maybe they bought some of the rights to the series, or. Could be. Or at least to make new Definitely ones. love the originals, that's for sure. Absolutely. Number four for you, Joel? My number four, I'm going to go with Mad Max. Fury Road. I nice. just, I don't know a whole lot about the film. I've heard some, you know, at least decent things. And I like Tom Hardy, so. Good enough as reason to think. <laughs> so Tom Hardy's, yeah, he's one of the better actors working today. I, I pretty much watch whatever the heck he does. Definitely. Did you watch Locke by any chance? Yeah, I I liked I didn't love it, uh, but I thought it was pretty solid, and he's he's fantastic. I, he he's such a chameleon that actor. I don't even know what his real like. He's he's English, isn't he? Not? I think he's Welsh. Yeah, I believe he's Welsh. Because wow. he talks, uh, he's never he never t- speaks the same way. Yeah. I don't know what this guy's real accent is. He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I for I mentioned Locke because I think. That was one of his greatest films ever. It was incredible. As a movie, I just I thought it was good, not great, but his performance was amazing. Yeah. What's your number four, Edgar? Uh, my number four is um, I've only seen one of the two trailers out, and I kind of don't want to see the second trailer. Is uh, the remake of Poltergeist? Um, oh, yeah. I, I I'm excited for this. I really like the original. Uh, which <laughs> maybe should be a reason not to be excited for a remake, because we know how those go sometimes. <laughs> but I just, I just love 
the story of the poltergeist. I love how this family is is attacked by a by a house that's uh, I think the original it's built on an on an Indian burial ground or some ridiculous concept like that. The ghosts in the original are awesome. The mirror scene is awesome. I don't know. Yeah. I th- I saw like I don't I mean I may I maybe I didn't even see the actual trailer. It was maybe like a teaser for the trailer, whatever they're doing these days. Yeah. But uh, but I liked what I saw and it looks pretty awesome. And I'm 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 gonna take a chance on it. I'll I'll go, go and pay to see that. And I like uh, what's his face? Who's in that movie? Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Yeah, one of my favorites. That's pretty good. Yeah, I've actually never seen the original, so I wow. should probably do that before I see the remake. Yeah, I would probably watch the original. Just like I watched Carrie, the remake, first, and I still haven't seen the original. Aww. What is wrong with me? <laughs> Alright, well, my number four, maybe it's just because I went to Disney World earlier this year, but Tomorrowland is my number four. George Clooney? Yeah, I saw the little teaser trailer where the girl picks up a icon and it changes into some futuristic world uh just was a cool trailer i thought it was an interesting idea looks like good special effects and george clooney is uh i feel like always great as george clooney it's a bubble movie for me i want to like that movie but i just feel like it that's they're doing a pretty good job of not really telling and then again maybe i haven't seen as many ads but I feel that they're doing a good job of not really telling us what this movie's about. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> no clue what it's about, but it looks visually interesting to me. Unfortunately, and I, I hope the movie does well. I like original concepts, but unfortunately in this day and age, if you don't really tell the audience what it is, and if it's not a sequel or a prequel, it usually doesn't do very well at the box office. So I don't, uh, speaking of box office drafts, I'm staying away from this one. You might be giving away your strategy a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a good point, though. Mm-hmm. What's um, your number three? My number three is a pigeon sat on a branch reflecting on existence. Uh, it is, <laughs> I've never heard of this. It is uh, the final installment to a trilogy that is supposedly truly a masterpiece. It's basically vignettes of... Uh, People's lives, mundane lives. Uh, Documentary? No, no. Okay. It's um, it's by Roy Anderson. Um, songs from the second floor. He created. I, yeah, I think I've heard of that. Um, but this, I mean, if you like dry senses, like if you like dry humor, this movie is easily for you. It's some of the driest humor, supposedly. I've been actually, I've, I knew about the other two, uh, but because of how much supposedly I'm going to love it. I've waited for this third one to come out, and I will, will be watching all three of them. Much like the before trilogy? Exactly. Cool. When is this? Uh, I have to admit, uh, much like Bob, I didn't know that that movie even existed. When is this coming out? Uh, I don't know the date. December, uh, I think. No. I'm just no, no. It's, um, I want to say it is midsummer, so what, July? June or July? I believe oh. July. Uh, but supposedly, if you like small time films, uh, You'll love this. Cool. Well, My only th- concern is it, 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 they are like it is vignettes, so I'm not the biggest fan of those type of compilations. Seems like a pretentious but, title. Very pretentious. <laughs> but sometimes pretentious movies are pretty good. That's true. So, the most anticipated summer movie sounds a little pretentious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Joel? Um, number three is Ted 2. 
Ted two? Okay. Wow, Ted two. Ted one sucked. I'm content. Oh, I like Ted. I like Ted. <laughs> Ted two. Yeah, it's just sort of. It'll probably it'll at least be decent. That's the way I figure it. You I like the first. One? I don't. Yeah, I like the first one. It was. It was pretty funny, but. I don't know. Hey. I, I like the first one. I I wouldn't put Ted two on my most anticipated, but yeah, it's fair if you're a comedy guy. I like comedy more. It, I don't know. I think comedy usually delivers more often than not. Hopefully, hopefully it'll end up or, being good. I, I remember it's easier script. to sit through a bad comedy than a bad action movie. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Edgar. Uh, what do we have now? Number three. Three. Uh, I <clears throat> excuse me. Now I'm not very familiar with the source material for this, but the trailer looks really cool. Uh, my number three is The Man from Uncle, uh, which is a you know a bit of a spy action movie. I, I do tend to go. I'm a bit of a sucker for that for that genre, and uh, I like um, Henry Cavill, Cavill, and I like uh, uh, Army Hammer. And uh, yeah, the trailer looks really sexy, really sleek, looks funny. Uh, I love that little car scene at the side of the trailer. I'm not really sure what to expect exactly because I never watched the television show from the 60s or 70s or whatever. But uh, this trailer, you know, when, when um, Guy Ritchie, I think, directed this, when he does good work, he's, he's pretty good. I do like him. When, he, when he's off his game, he's pretty terrible. But when he's on his game, I, I do like his movies. So I'll, I'll go check this one out. Yeah, I actually didn't know Guy Ritchie was directing it. Uh, I think, I, am I talking out of my ass? No, I mean I haven't I heard like I haven't heard much about it. I haven't seen a trailer or anything. So I do like Snatch. I do like some of his other movies. So yeah, yeah, it did see it did seem to be going a little bit for a little bit more sophisticated because it's like ooh we're sexy spies, but it's 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 starting to feel a little bit along those lines. Cool. Well, my number three is another Disney movie, Ant Man. <laughs> starring Paul Rudd, my main man. Uh, just this one, I'm even more anticipating it after watching the trailer last week or the week before. I thought it was really well done. Showed a lot of the action, the humor. I don't know. I'll, I'm in the bag for Marvel movies apparently, but that continues here. Wouldn't expect any less. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, was good, that was a good trailer. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, my number two is Slow West uh, with Michael Fassbender. Um, I believe he is a type of bounty hunter or hitman or some form of that kind of uh, line of work. But uh, he is, I think, escorting um, a child across the United States. But he has ulterior motives, uh, and he's not really letting anyone know why. Um, I don't. I haven't seen the trailer for it. I'm hoping it doesn't give anything away in the trailer. Uh, because I think this movie might be one of the best of the summer. All right. I'm really interested in it. It's an honorable mention for me. I love Michael Fassbender. Pretty much we'll see anything he, he's in. So He's up there with Tom Hardy for me. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, immediately, the next one would have been a little lower in my list, but I just thought of it straight out of Compton. I really want to see that movie. Yeah. The trailer, I thought for me. pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same director that did Notorious, which surprised me. I thought I liked it better than I thought it would, so I'm definitely... Yeah, it was definitely it. a better movie than I thought it would be. I thought it would suck, but... 
I saw the trailer for that at the theater the other day, and people were laughing. Like, I don't know, I don't know where that reaction comes from, but uh, I don't. Maybe maybe late eighties, early nineties rap has now become funny for people. I don't, <laughs> yeah. The movie does look kind of good. I have to admit, I am intrigued. Yeah, I'm definitely interested as well. Number two for you, Edgar. Uh, number two for for me. Well, I'm I'm gonna dip into the Marvel well as well. Uh, I'm sold on the Ant-Man trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm happy with where they're sort of going with their last couple movies. Last year was uh, um, shoot, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a little bit off-kilter. It still you know, fit the Marvel mold. It was a little bit off-kilter. It was very funny. And here they are back at it with another character uh, on a premise that's, you know, sorry, but stupid, but <laughs> making it look really funny, uh, and I and I like that sort of a chance they're taking. Uh, it's it, they're the anti DC, and I'm a Batman guy, but they're the anti DC. They're they know what they can have real fun with, and I'm hopefully this one will be fun. I couldn't agree more. What about you, Casey? What do you think? I mean, I'm. More than going to like, uh, like at least watch because of Paul Rudd. But I'm not a big Marvel fan, so as we know, your toilet is Marvel. Uh, my number two is a, a comedy. It's the Judd Apatow's newest, starring Amy Schumer, Trainwreck. Um, I just love all of the Judd Apatow directed movies. This is forty. His newest one wasn't his best work, but I still enjoyed it, and hopefully, he can get back to the. Capabilities of funny people knocked up in the four-year-old version. See, um, with Judd, he's so consistent, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, even with This is 40, I actually thought it was a very good film. Yeah. Um, nowhere near as funny as he usually is, but it's still more than watchable. Um, really, he's consistent. I agree. Really consistent. And I really like Amy Schumer a lot. I think she's a very funny stand-up comedian. Hopefully, she does good acting-wise as well. Yeah, and I'm like sure it. there'll be a ton of cameos from the Seth Rogans and Jonah Hills of the world. And More than likely. Yes, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Well, my number one is a genre, or a, uh, I guess, an area that I truly love. I love every single iteration of it. Uh, it's Mr. Holmes with Ooh. Ian McKellen. Um, I always love Sherlock, especially the, the, the show with Benedict Cumberbatch in... Incredible, just truly amazing. Magneto um, as senior, Holmes. and yeah, exactly. This is a, a different take. Um, Ian McKellen, I think, is almost in his eighties, maybe at least. I would say <laughs> um, mid eighties. Uh, he's portraying a, a Sherlock who is, I think, close to 90, mm -hmm. 92 maybe. Um, so it's a very different take. I really like this idea that he's now kind of beyond his genius capabilities he's still more than capable of finding who who did it but we'll see yeah I, I haven't seen any trailers for this if he's if he's so old i'm guessing it's like set in the 30s or 40s something like that um what the, i i feel like it depends on um i don't know with like with the benedict cumberbatch uh, iteration that's here in the the modern yeah, that's times. True. That's true. Um, so it, it really depends on where they want to place it. Yeah. I don't think they're going based off the book. They that's might good, be, though. That's a good pick, though. I have to admit, I am curious. I haven't seen anything about it. I know of the casting, 
great casting, but I, I am curious about that. I think the director is um, the one who directed, uh, what is it, Gods and Monsters with Ian McKellen. They won, okay. the, they won an Oscar for it. Ooh. So, Bill... Good pedigree. Bill, I think I know you. Condon. Condon, yeah. Condon, there you go. Cool. So, I think he might have directed a Twilight movie, too. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. But, um, <laughs> um, your list is very under the radar, very... Uh... Yeah, I mean, for the big films, uh, Avengers, not looking forward to. Um, Jurassic World, come on, really? Everyone forgets that there was a third Jurassic Park that was so bad. It was really bad. Um, I, I gotta admit, I saw the trailer, the one they released a couple of days ago, not excited for that. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that trailer that just turned me off. I think it's the stupid Raptors, you know. Stay down. Oh, come on. Yeah, get the, the latest trailer, I was sort of excited for it. And then I saw that recent trailer and I was like, oh my god, this is not going to be good. <laughs> well, that's all I'm hearing about. People want to see this movie big time. So We'll see. Got Chris Pratt. Yeah. No. Speaking of Jurassic World, Joel's number one? No. <laughs> <laughs> what is your number one? Um, I was going to go Avengers, but I think I'd rather see Ant-Man. All right. <laughs> Wait, for box office? Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's your pick? That's your number one pick? Done, done. <laughs> I'd personally rather see Ant-Man. I, I like Guardians of the Galaxy, and I... I think I enjoy those movies more when they're don't take themselves so seriously. Have a little humor. There you go. Paul Rudd can't go wrong with him. He's the man. For kind of dry, weird humor. I think I know where Edgar's going with his number one, but let's hear it from the man himself. You know, I think I've been posting a little bit too much about it on Facebook. Uh, man, I freaking hope this is good. Uh, my number one movie by. Leaps and bounds is Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, I I love this franchise, even the third one, which is probably the lesser of the three thus far. I love Tom Hardy. We've already talked about it. I love movies with these funky cars, these funky characters, post-apocalyptic. I love movies in the desert, Lawrence of Arabia. Like everything is here for me to just drool over it. And the trailer's amazing. So. I am there on May 15th, guys. I've, I'll probably even see it a few times on that weekend, if it's good. Yeah, um, it's definitely interesting. It's an honorable mention for me. Just missed out my number five. I mean, that trailer, that movie looks batshit insane. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be crazy and, good or crazy bad, but it's going to be crazy. Yeah, George Miller has said that he's he's basically made... A road movie, so which leads us to believe it's going to be a lot of action, sort of like the Road Warrior, like the second half of the Road Warrior, like that. If 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 he's going down the Road Warrior road, that's a terrible phrase, but anyways, uh, I'm 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 in, man. I'm putting all my chips in that. Sounds good. Well, my number one, most anticipated. It's not a surprise. It's Avengers Two: Age of Ultron. Uh, I'm in the bag for Marvel. I already said it. I've been excited for this for quite a while. I don't know. Ultron, I think, is a great villain. To get to see these guys team up again. I feel like Marvel is heading in the right direction. I feel like they're only getting stronger as they go on. I know a lot of people 
hate them, Casey, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm really looking forward to it. That's all I can say. No one else is. Like I, <laughs> I feel like I said all I need to about Marvel. So I, I won't. You know, look, man, I'm gonna I, let me I, let me put it this way. Like everybody on the face of this planet, I'm going to go see it, but I won't be there on opening weekend. I'm I'm more than willing to let the crowds die down and go see it like two or three weeks after it's come out, like on a cheap Tuesday or something like that. It's It looks good. I'm sure it's good. I've heard a little bit of buzz. Apparently it is good. Uh, I think I'm just sort of Iron Man and Hulk and, and Thor out by now. They're... They're just not characters I keep. I feel like a deep desire to sing again, like once or twice every year. But, it, you know, it's the first one was fantastic and it, it does look good. I just, I, I don't know, I can't seem to muster more excitement for it than that. That's fair. I mean, that's probably how I'll see it it's three weeks after it comes out on a matinee. But <clears throat> that doesn't take away my anticipation. All right, well, let's get into what else we watched. Go around the horn here a little bit. Let's start off with Casey, since it's been quite a while since his last um, episode. I was trying to cut, uh, catch up on a lot of the Oscars, uh, or Oscar Best Picture nominees. I did watch The Imitation Game. I, did you listen to our review? I did not. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how did you guys like it first? I didn't. I was really disappointed. I think I gave it a five and a half. Five and a half. Wow. There were aspects that were good, but I I really thought it was pretty underwhelming. I feel like you just lost all credibility with your rating scales. <laughs> five and a half. I can understand a seven, seven and a half, but nothing below that. Um, I don't cave into Academy pressures here. Yeah, but. <laughs> Gosh, five and a half. No, I, like we said, I, it was a very interesting story. Deserved to be told. Just felt like the director just was by the, completely by the numbers. Didn't really do anything interesting with the material. I definitely completely agree. It's very bland. Um, I didn't get much enjoyment out of it. But there's nothing like explicitly wrong with the film. Oh, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. So five and a half. Was... Hey. <laughs> I'm trying to use the full range of. I gave it a little bit better than that. I can't remember what it was. So, what did you think? <laughs> I'm basically. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Cumberbatch did a, a, a decent job. I think he played. Um, did his character actually have Asperger's syndrome in real life? Because he played. I don't know. He played him as if he did. Um, I thought he was miscast. I thought his performance was good, but overrated. You know, now that you say he was miscast, I, I actually could agree with you on that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, I don't think that, I mean, the story could have been told in a much more thrilling type of way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they could have used the war a little more. Mm -hmm. Like, actually shared, like, how the stuff they were doing could have affected things. or. It was almost trying to be, like, a, a Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy type of film. But there was not enough intrigue for that. Yeah. There was no, no, pretty much no intrigue for that. Um, so. <laughs> How's Kira Knightley? I've heard good things from her in that movie. Is she good in that? Yeah, she was good. I thought she was fine. I don't know. Nothing spectacular. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Pretty much everyone in this film was bland. Yeah, just good, but nothing special, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Did you watch anything this week, Joel? Um... Not really. I was just finishing House of Cards. 
third season. Yeah. Almost done that. Uh, I worked a lot. I watched the day it came out. The worst out of the three seasons by far. Yeah, it kind of lost my attention after a few episodes, and I've tried to get back into it. It's um, I don't I don't remember how the first two seasons were with trying to be, um, I guess topical. The third season is completely topical. It's all about Russia. Because um, he's in power now or something? I don't want to spoil anything. Okay, fair enough. If you haven't seen it, you need to see. Uh, even it being a bad season, it's still better than your average show on TV. So Okay. Uh, it's, I mean, it was a disappointment, but I'm still glad I watched it. Cool. So, Edgar, are you going to tell us about Furious 7 or what? <laughs> uh, sure, yeah. Well, that that is the movie. I, I haven't been to the movies a whole lot recently. I've been working on it like a dog. But, yeah, I did go see uh, Furious 7. Um, Got to admit, it's the fifth one, you know, has its qualities. That one's quite a bit of fun. The sixth one is a little bit too out there for my taste, although it has some good moments. I find Furious 7 goes way downhill after oh, the midway wow. point. That's I did not like it very much, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Uh, um, cute send off for uh, the the late Paul Walker. You know they they treat him nicely at, at, at near the end of the movie. That that was a sweet little scene. But yeah, this is, and I know this isn't saying much because this is not a franchise that bases itself on strong script. So what I'm about to say might sound a bit retarded, but this is a really bad script. <laughs> this is bad. I believe why they're doing it and, and why they go to this country to do that. It's it's just god awful. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the franchise. I'm surprised the movie has like an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. Yeah, well, it does have good action. The the whole uh, jumping out of a plane, I did like that. And the Abu Dhabi jumping from building to building, even though it's completely preposterous, I have to admit I did chuckle. They do, and they do play it for laughs. They're not, they're not, they don't take themselves that seriously. That, that They do kind of play it for comedy. But, uh, yeah, this is just a terrible script, and what they do with the lady character is just so boring. Well, how uh, about James Wan being new to the franchise? Does he do anything interesting? I think this movie is... It's edited to bits. I hate it. And I'm not just talking about the action, just from transition, uh, transition moments from location to location, from scene to scene. I absolutely hate the way this movie's edited. It's wow. probably... The, the worst editing of the entire franchise. And again, this is not a franchise with great <laughs> editing. So yeah, this is uh, too... What the fuck is the other one called? Too Fast, Too Fierce? Like, that's still the bottom of the barrel, but this one's barely above it. Hmm. Hmm. That's pretty... I mean, I've never liked the series at all, and I probably won't like this film, but for the last like three weeks, I've been ridiculed by my friends. <coughs> for not liking Love this series. I don't like it. Uh, most of them have seen uh, the seventh one at least three times. What the heck? Wow. They're like made for TV movies. <laughs> I was thinking this one might have been different. but okay, It's made $1.15 billion. Fastest ever to make a billion dollars. Unbelievable. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Paul Walker has something to do with that, but... It's 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 like even Transformers like cooled off after a while when people realized, oh wait, this is garbage. 
uh, this is not cool enough. This is just this just keeps yeah. on making money. People are going to keep on seeing this. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, hopefully Avengers will take care of it, knock it off the road. <laughs> All right, I you talked about the Road Warrior not too long ago, and I I watched the Road Warrior for the first time know? this week. Yeah. I'm, Slowly trying to catch up on the Mad Max series before going into Fury Road. Didn't really like... Well, I liked the first Mad Max. Found it interesting, but I didn't... I was underwhelmed by it. I didn't really see what all the fuss was about. But I kept hearing the Road Warriors when it really gets good. (laughs) I was underwhelmed again. (laughs) Um, I thought it was better than the first one. Definitely... Some great wide landscape shots of the, all the cars going at once. Enjoyed a lot of that. There's some interesting ideas here. A lot of cool design elements. Uh, but I don't know. Something. Of, maybe it's just the desert that I find boring. Because I'm not a huge fan of Indiana Jones. Really? Okay. I don't know. I, I like the movie. I'd give it a 6.5 out of 10. But I, I was expecting more. <laughs> I may have been one of the culprits uh, <laughs> in, in, in really uh, lifting the pom-poms for the, <laughs> for the road war. I love that movie. I, I also have to do my own little rewatch marathon over the next couple of weeks or whatever. It's about three, four weeks before, road war, uh, before uh, uh, Fury Road comes out. But yeah, it's one of those movies and franchises. It's the third one, you know. You were slightly underwhelmed with the first one and slightly underwhelmed with the second one. You're probably going to be slightly underwhelmed with the third one uh, whenever you get to that one. But I think it's about tone. It's about aesthetic. It's about style. You know, let's be honest. There's not a whole lot of substance in those movies. You know, okay, civilization went to chaos, I think. Oil is a big deal, as I recall, in The World Warrior. But it's not really commentary. You know, it's just there because, hey, we get to shoot in the Australian desert and blow shit up. Yeah. Uh, And I like it. I like it. And I've always been a bit of a, bit of a Mel Gibson fan in his, in his youth. I should stress that. In his youth, (laughs) I've always been a bit of a fan. Yeah, I see why people like it. I appreciate what they're going for, but like a lot of the silence, there's not much dialogue. No, there is not. Especially in the role. There's not a lot of dialogue. And sometimes that works for me, but for whatever reason, it didn't really do it for me this time. But uh, Casey, did you watch anything else? Yeah, I watched uh, Birdman. Uh, I was very disappointed with this film. Um, This is uh, sort of like Mr. Holmes is about someone who is past their prime. And I really like that idea of, uh, of someone who was incredible or renowned who's past their prime and what they're doing afterwards. Did you listen to our review? (laughs) <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, but so I was really, really excited for this film when I heard such great things about it, uh, at least initially. And then I watched it, and I did not enjoy it. Uh, really, there, Michael Keaton. I think he actually does a good job with what he is expected to do. But I, I did not like. Uh, a lot of the psychedelic type of stuff that was happening. I wanted it to be more uh, realistic and a lot more somber. A lot more somber. Um, there's there's just so much to dislike about the film. What about the way it was made? Like the, it's all basically especially one shot. Um. Yeah. Um, when watching the film, I don't even think that they do that 
dramatically well. When you look at the before series, some of those shots are, you know, 10 minutes long, and the actors have to give these extremely long dialogue uh, or monologue type of uh, um, speeches, and you can feel the power that you can feel um, the the mastery that is needed with this. I, I, with Birdman, I don't feel like that is at least not to me. It wasn't properly shown. So. But you had to like Edward Norton, though. I I, I did like Edward, Edward Norton, um, but not enough to save the film. Uh, yeah. I just like I like Michael Keaton, but not enough to save the film. Um, I like the premise. But not enough to save the film. <laughs> so, I, I liked the movie, but I definitely thought it was overrated. I thought that the uh, director is a little bit of a pretentious ass. This is one of those type of films. <laughs> that message. It, it's talking of. about the industry, and it's being very pretentious. And I think a lot of critics usually like that idea, though, because it it, it almost validates their life's work. Uh, makes it seem as if film is art, which it, I 100% believe um, film can be art. Um, in this case, I don't think film was art. Mm -hmm. Basically, he was shitting on Marvel movies, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have that now. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Did you watch anything else, still? No, I, I've worked a lot this week. I was tight schedule. Alright, Edgar? Uh, well, maybe just very, very briefly, uh, there's a a monthly theme, excuse me, monthly theme at Sound on Sight. We're trying to celebrate the best of Canadian cinema because we're uh, we might get a, a government grant to give us a little bit of cash and nice. make Sound on Sight go into the big, uh, get to the big dance of the the, the blogosphere and the critic sphere. So great. for uh, one of my contributions was uh, in, I didn't love it, but it's an inter interesting little movie uh, called It's All Gone Pete Tong. Which has a clever little premise. It's um, about a DJ. I believe he's the character is English. Lives in uh, Ibiza, Spain, a uh, uh, party island uh, just off uh, the coast of I think Barcelona or Seville, in the Mediterranean. And he lives there. He makes a lot of money. He's a world famous DJ. Uh, but all the uh, exorbitant amount of uh, drugs he consumes, and of course the ridiculous amount of uh, pumped up music and these parties he, he hosts, he goes deaf. So it's a story of, uh, of a brash, overconfident, cocky, world-famous, highly regarded DJ who loses the ability to hear, and he has to pick himself up from there. It's, it's, it's cute, it's clever, uh, it has some funny moments. Uh, I think the premise sells the movie well. I don't know if the movie is like that great, but you know, if you ever get a chance to, you know, it, it's a comedy, so maybe uh, Joel, uh, maybe a bit more up your alley, so it's all gone Pete Tong. It's a, a, a soft recommend. Cool. Sounds interesting. I saw your article on, on the website uh, today, actually. Mm -hmm. Alright, well, I talked about there was a horror movie that I loved that I saw last yeah. week. It's a uh, a girl walks home alone at night. Just, oh, I haven't seen that yet. Just I've recently added to Netflix streaming, uh, I believe, on Tuesday. And again, this is another movie that I'd only heard about from the Sound on Sight review. Um, I believe they liked it, but I don't know if they liked it as much as me. I would give it a nine and a half out of ten. Skyrocketed to my number four of the last year's top ten list. 
thought that list was pretty locked in, but this fit in just ahead of Edge of Tomorrow and Guardians of the Galaxy for me. Mm-hmm. It's a black and white Iranian um, horror noir about a vampire in a town called Bad City, and it is uh, fantastic. It's unsettling. You're, I was on edge the entire time. Great acting. Really cool cinema, cinematography work. Yeah, sound design. Pretty much liked or loved everything about it, and I'd strongly recommend it. What is it called? A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Uh, it's a bit of a mouthful for a title, but yeah. I've heard great things, and I actually I, I checked out the trailer because I wanted to finally see a bit, you know, what is this thing about, and yeah, it, it looks it looks awesome. I really got to check that out. Yeah, the main vampire girl, her name is Sheila Wand or or Vand or Vand. She's going places. I have a feeling she'll be popping up again in the future. So, yeah, I, I think I heard about it on Vice. Really? Yeah, I loved it. But Casey, um, was uh, I did watch Saint Vincent. Okay. Um, yeah, let me just. Oh. Shoot some movies at you. Okay. And get your thoughts. St. Vincent? Um, first half, I liked. Second half, I did not. The first half was what I expected. Um, seemed more of like an indie type film. And then the second half uh, became more of a, of a cheapened joke. I did actually really like Melissa McCarthy, though. She yeah. surprised me. She Did you listen to her review? Because I said the same thing. Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> Sorry, once again. Just stop no. asking that question. I know that. I know the answer. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, overall, I would give it probably a six. Uh, pretty cool. kind of big disappointment, once again. How about Foxcatcher? Foxcatcher, I loved. Yeah. Truly, uh, not, I, I expected it to be a, a ten for me. Uh, my first ten ever. Um, uh, which, of course, it was not probably ever going to be. But I thought um, the acting was more than phenomenal. Uh, truly a masterclass in acting. Um, the pace, I, I 100% could see why people would be bored with this film. Um, but for me, I mean, I'm the type of person who loved Locke, so I'm going to love this film with its pace. Uh, there's... There's so much to like. I don't see what um, what a critic would say is bad about it. I loved it too. I gave yeah, it a nine out of ten. Great. Oh, the the only thing I would have to say is Steve Carell's nose did not need to be <laughs> enlarged anymore. Yeah. Uh, I thought the makeup for him was a little bit overdone. Old boy, I know you watched that, right? I did watch Old Boy. Uh, wow. I am glad I watched it. I I was very tempted to just never see it, uh, possibly see the newest one because because you I was Carrie like I did. Well, because I was told that if you like um, the original, you're going to hate the modern one uh, because you watched the original one first. But if you watch the modern one first, you'll hate the original just because you watched it first. It just depended on which one you watched. I'm glad I watched the original. Uh, Insane. Insane, uh, great twists. Really, really good twist. Uh, pretty darn good action. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Did you see Whiplash? I did not. You and should. I'm extremely excited to. How about Nightcrawler? 
Nightcrawler. Uh, I'm going to guess that you loved it. <laughs> Almost. Yeah, I liked it uh, a lot. Quite a bit. I did not. I thought... Uh, basically, it... It was supposed to be set in real a real world type of atmosphere, but you have LA is not the real world. You have a, <laughs> a Jake Gyllenhaal that is there's something so odd about him, almost like he has Asperger syndrome once again. Uh, but he seems to infect everyone with this awkwardness and weirdness and uh, dissolution of character. And that just then warped the world into something that it was not originally. So that really um, turned me away from the film. Fair enough. How about Interstellar? I have not seen it. Okay. I enjoyed it. Um, all right. I watched Mommy, the latest Xavier Dolan film. I'd like to thank Lionsgate for sending me the review copy. Ooh. It's very nice of them. Uh, I'll just humble brag about that. Um, it's a movie about a mother and son relationship, much like the Babadook. Um, well, not really like the Babadook, but just sh- stresses the difficulties in parenting, especially for a single mother. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I think I had seen one of his other movies, Lawrence Anyways, and I, mm. I liked it, didn't love it, but this one... I liked quite a bit more. So it's got great performances. Uh, really interesting story. This kid is like a bipolar disorder, and he, his mother gets him out of the like a psych ward, and it's they have a very interesting relationship, and it's just fun to follow that around. It's a weird aspect ratio where it's basically just like a square box. I believe it's called six by six or whatever the aspect ratio was. Uh, threw me off in the beginning but it, it kind of kind of grew on me a little bit and it's well shot great music one of my favorite scenes features the oasis song wonderwall so this guy really has great taste in music and uh good song yeah i'd uh i'd give it eight and a half out of ten so that was good and the only other movie i watched was penguins of madagascar the animated film that was something completely different <laughs> yes I would give it a five and a half out of ten. I mean, it's on the lesser side of these animated movies. Although, the intro was really good. It's like a fake documentary style with Werner Herzog uh, narrating. That was pretty good, but straight downhill from there. Does anybody else have anything? Not so much, man. Alright, real quick. I watched the first three episodes of Bloodline, the Netflix series. Have you seen any of it, Casey? I have not. I saw the first episode. You did? I yeah. Uh, it's a family drama about this rich family. Basically, uh, too much to get into, but it's family drama, and there's like a flash forward at the end of the first episode that, that gets you hooked. I'm interested. I'll probably finish the season. And I did finish Daredevil. I talked about it last week, Marvel's Daredevil. It's really good. Um, dual origin stories for Kingpin and Daredevil. Great character work. Who plays Great Kingpin? Great action. Vincent D'Onofrio. Ooh, and, that's kind of just. And he's very good. Yes, that's why I wanted to see the. I mean, I hated the movie. Oh, it's. Um, but it's there, nothing like the movie. There was a reason why I wanted to see uh, the show, and that was why. 
the only thing that disappointed me slightly was the very last episode, the finale. Something about it felt a little off. I don't think the final costume is really what it should be, but... Well, it's Marvel, you know. Does it take a whole series for him to get the costume? Yeah, he doesn't get his final costume until the very last episode, the 13th episode. Really? Okay. Yeah, I like his his little black suit with like a black bandana covering his eyes better. But hmm. yeah, it's worth checking out for sure. Yeah, I've heard really good things about it. I haven't taken the time to watch it, but I think it's, it's pretty strong. Yes, it is. Speaking of Daredevil, that's a great segue into the news. Thank you very much. It was renewed for a season two, so... Look forward to that in 2016. Also, Phil Lord and Chris Miller are going to make an animated Spider-Man movie to parallel the new live-action series that will be coming out from Sony. I thought that was pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, this just I'm trying to play catch-up here. Spider-Man, they can now throw Spider-Man into a Marvel Marvel movie now, right? Yeah, it's pretty much a joint venture now between Sony and Marvel. Marvel characters can show up in Sony Spider-Man movies and vice versa. Interesting. And the rumor I heard was that there's a tag at the end of Avengers 2 with Spider-Man. I wouldn't surprise me. They've had... Well, come on, that deal was signed uh, four or five months ago. Uh, that's lots of pre-post-production time. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So what, what are they doing with Spider-Man? Are they, have, are, they, are they casting a new actor? Yeah, I believe the story just came out yesterday. It's down to the final five contestants. Who's the, the head runner for it? Um, let me just look it up real quick. Are they doing like an American Spider-Man reality show? <laughs> yeah, it's Survivor. Whoever stays alive till the end. <laughs> I kind of feel sorry for uh, what's his face who played him for a couple movies. Uh, he's a good young actor, but Andrew man, Garfield, yeah, he's great. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even bother with the second one. It looks so bad, and apparently, <laughs> you're not like the first one, and nobody liked the first one. And he, but he sort of got <laughs> well paid. Uh, yes, I'm sure he went home happy at night. But uh, the one I saw was not very good, and apparently, the second one was shit. So. I think you would actually like the second one. The second one completely goes into the second one. It, it's more about the story than than Spider-Man, I guess, it's himself. One of these days, maybe. Yeah, I like the second one a lot better. But I'm in I'm Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. So the more Spider-Man the better for me. <laughs> um and I'll get back to the five finalists for Spider-Man, but the last piece of news is Matthew Vaughn is going to direct a new Flash Gordon movie. I have I don't really know anything about Flash Gordon, but I do like Matthew Vaughn as a director. Um, does anybody know anything about I, Flash Gordon? I mean, Edgar, do you know about Flash Gordon? I feel like you're the... Uh, the, the origins of, of that property, not so much. It's a very, very old property, but I have seen the... Uh, oh, somebody was talking about Ted earlier. I think it was Joel. Uh, <laughs> that... You know, I have seen the movie that's referenced in Ted 1, and uh, it's not particularly good. It's sort of ostentatious in a rather cheesy kind of way. You got a Bond alumni, Timothy Dalton, in that movie. Uh, I, I don't even know who the guy is that plays Flash Gordon. I think Max von Sydow's in there as the villain. It's pretty weird and, and bad, but in a fun kind of way. I, I don't know what tone Matthew Vaughn will be going for 
seems to go he seems to go for ultraviolet yeah, yeah he does. <laughs> I, I have trouble imagining a flash gordon movie that's like kick-ass or kingsman the secret service i hopefully he'll uh soften the blow a little bit if he makes a flash gordon movie mm-hmm. i'll watch it why not mm-hmm. all right well here's the five candidates for the to be spider-man i'll give them and then we'll do a, a vote just like the uh Night's Watch will pick who is the next Spider-Man. Asa mm. Butterfield is your first contender from Hugo and Ender's Game. I'm sure we all know who he is. He's probably the biggest name of of the five. Mm-hmm. Next you have Timothy Chalamet was uh, the younger Casey Affleck in Interstellar, the Matthew McConaughey's son in the beginning of the movie. Uh, Tom Holland the kid from The Impossible, and I guess you hear his voice as Tom Hardy's son in Locke. Liam James from The Way Way Back. He was the main character there. And he was also on The Killing for AMC. And Nat Wolf from The Fault in Our Stars and a movie that comes out this summer, Paper Towns. Hmm. What do you think, Casey? Who do you like? Um, Who would be the best... Well, I mean, when you look at Spider-Man... They're really going for young. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want the nerdy look? It's kind of like Andrew Garfield was trying to give. Um, he can't look nerdy no matter how hard he tries. Like, I, yeah, I, I guess it really does depend on what kind of Spider-Man you want. I would probably want to see Liam James uh, the most, just because I like Psych. Um so it would be neat to see him in it. But. I feel like in the performances I've seen, he doesn't have that much personality. And Spider-Man is full of personality. So well, I mean, maybe that's just what the writers called for. But hmm. I wouldn't be upset with him. I actually feel like Nat Wolf might be the best bet. But how about Edgar or Joel? Any ideas? Um... Is uh, Asa Butterfield the main person in... Ender's game? Yeah. I have uh, a feeling he's going to be who ends up winning. He'd probably be for the action well. aspect the best, but I don't know how much he'd fit, like you were saying, like the nerdier mm-hmm. look. Or... I, mean, he, I just feel like he's way too young to, to play him. Or young looking, at least. Isn't Peter Parker uh, supposed to be in his teens or late teens, something like that? Yeah, I mean, he's not like a full fledged journalist. He's sort of like a freelance type of photographer or something like that, isn't he? Yeah, I think they're going for the idea of a 16 year old still in high school, Peter Parker. Hmm. We'll see how it goes. I, I have no horse in this race, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, there's not too much to go on. But let's move into our newest segment. You guys are joining us for the first time for Pre-Judgment Day. We were talking about the latest trailers that came out. Um, I should good, good name for the segment, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, I was going to watch the trailers. I didn't watch any of them because... <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. Four days ago, I was listening... Um, to a our podcast, not a podcast, but um, a, a movie uh, talk show on the radio. It's one what's I guess AM uh, or it's some obscure channel on AM, um, and they were saying how a lot of these newer trailers are just spoiling. And for I know Bob doesn't care about spoilers, 
but there's no way I'm going to spoil Star Wars for me. Well, there's uh, no way. You no can still out. talk about the movies at least. Like even knowing that there is a new type of lightsaber kills me inside that I'm not going to see that for the first time watching it in December. Alright, well let's talk about Star Wars The Force Awakens, the newest trailer. I don't think it's spoiled anything. It was much like the first one where it was just like flash scenes of vibe it was giving you. Yeah. But um, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was even better than the first trailer. I watched it like five times and I'm not even into trailers like that. But uh, definitely... Looking forward to this movie. Yeah, I can't. I completely agree. The second one, even better than the first. And yeah, I don't know if they spoiled too much, but they're just kind of like getting you ready to come back into that world. Yeah, you can tell they're moving away from the CGI fest that was the prequels. Yeah. Um, there's an awesome. The first shot of the trailer is incredible. Is it's just the music playing and they're scrolling through this desert landscape and there's this crashed ship in the background that is just really cool. What'd you think, Edgar? Uh, yeah, I was a bit trepidatious going into this trailer. Uh, I did, I, a bit like uh, Case, I try to avoid spoilers uh, when I can. Uh, but I, I agree, this is sort of the perfect teaser where we get a sense of uh, some images, some, some sounds, maybe the tone of what the movie's going to be like, but we still really don't know who these characters are, uh, what the context of these scenes are. What I appreciated is the, um, I mean, Bob, you're saying they're, they're steering clear of the CGI fist of the prequels. They are doing that, and I'm glad they're doing that. And what they seem to have succeeded in, of course, only time will tell when the movie comes out, is they've made a modern-looking version of the old movies. You know, we got some Stormtroopers, we got X-Wings, but... It's not overdone with the CG. There's a couple shots in there with the stormtroopers that look pretty cool. Uh, we get a glimpse of what I guess is the bad guy, although, again, the, the trailer really doesn't tell you much. But uh, I have to admit that the imagery looks pretty swanky. It's uh, visually, at least, I'm sold. I mean, who knows what the story is or if it's any good, but it looks good, yeah. Yeah, it's going to make a gazillion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Air Fury 7. Too bad it's not in the summer where it'd be my pick. Um, Probably the second biggest trailer that came out. Still pretty big movie though. Batman vs. Superman. Dawn of Justice. And much like the Star Wars trailer, it doesn't really give anything away. Um, I don't know. I feel like if you really analyze it, it probably gives away most of the Maybe, yeah. If you super analyze it. Well, the end of it, I think, gives away something. Fair. But, let's get right down to it. I thought this was a bad trailer. I didn't really do anything for me, and that is saying something when it's Batman versus Superman, the two most iconic I think I was just trying to give a first look at the characters, but I agree with you. It was kind of a letdown. Felt sloppy and rushed, uh, unfinished. The Batman mech suit looked really weird to me. Uh, ben Affleck seems to be out Christianing Bale, Christianing Bale Christian Bale's uh, Batman voice um, I'm still interested in the movie but as a trailer it didn't really do much to excite me more than, than Ari was would that voice at the end would that be Ben Affleck talking through the robot Batman suit is that why, he sounded like a robot yeah it sounded really weird 
I, I don't know. I that could be the case. Certainly could. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't a huge, not a huge fan. I, I just I don't understand why they're making these Superman movies like this. Why? Uh, I'm not the biggest Superman fan. He's sort of mid tier comic book character for He's me. Boring. But <laughs> even yeah. then, it's like I liked Man of Steel, but. It's fine, I suppose, but, you know, I I don't know. I just, if, if you give me the reins to make a Superman movie, I'm going to make something that's, you know, very colorful, exciting, and like an Indiana Jones movie. It's colorful, it's fun, it's funny. There's a sense of danger, but it's kind of fun at the same time. This just looks like it's, it always looks like it's the end of the world. And, yeah. and I don't know, I... My favorite comic book character is Batman, and I know it's. <laughs> I think I just found out, you know, there is a limit to me and Batman. Batman versus Superman? Come on, man! Like, Superman would crush Batman. This is a joke. Like, how are they gonna make this work? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of on the same page. I'm still interested to see the movie when it comes out, but again, I'm not rushing to the theaters. How about you in general, Casey? Um, I can't wait to see this really? film. You guys talking like this about it gives me like a really bad feeling in my stomach <laughs> right now. But hey, the one good thing about a bad trailer is lowers expectations, and then maybe you'll be surprised. My expectations are still sky high. <laughs> it's going to be incredible, <laughs> truly amazing. Ooh. Um, and if you don't know how Batman's going to keep up with Superman. You can't be a real Batman fan. Like he, he's got to keep up. Don't worry. He's got kryptonite in his suit. I suppose so. I mean, I guess that could work. But and why? I, I don't know. I just I don't. I like my Batman as a standalone character. When he starts talking to Green Lantern and all that shit, I don't. Know, I sort of too. He is kind of out of place in the whole Justice League. But you guys have no idea. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Let's move on to another uh, superhero trailer. This time, the Fantastic Four, and Marvel characters, but not made by Marvel. This is from Fox, um, directed by Josh Trank, who did Chronicle, which I love, um, starring Michael B. Jordan, um, Kate Mara, and the guy from uh, fucking Whiplash. Whiplash, yes, Miles Teller as Mr. Fantastic. Um, I thought wait, this looked... Who, wait, who did you say Mr. Fantastic? Miles Teller. They're all young. Okay. It's an origin story. Um, I can definitely tell it's from the same director as Chronicle, just from the tone, the darkness levels of the actual film, I guess. But I thought it looked pretty good. I think it definitely looks better than the first Fantastic Four movies. Um, the Thing, you get a look at him. He's a little more... Realistic, and then the obviously styrofoam suit of the old ones uh, doesn't look <laughs> great to me, but I definitely want to see it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really am excited because I love um, I love superhero teams. Uh, when you have a superhero versus normal humans, come on, there's no chance. But when you have a team of them going against other superhero uh, villains. Mm -hmm. I guess I wouldn't say superhero, but, you know, supervillains. Um, like X-Men. Exactly. X-Men is incredible, and so this possibly... Avengers? Nah. nah. <laughs> what about you, Joel? Um, I'm not generally the biggest Fantastic Four fan, but 
Yeah, I thought the trailer looked pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. Did you, to it. did you guys like the original one? Yeah. When I was 10, I I had mild and, uh, fun with it, but you looking back... when it came out? I don't know how old I was, but however old I was. I enjoyed it for what it was at the time, but looking back, they're pretty bad. I don't think I'm familiar enough with the property to know whether the tone of this movie feels what it should be for a Fantastic Four movie. I don't think the other ones are all that good, to be honest with what I remember of them, but I, my impression was that that's sort of what the tone of that team was when you read the comics. But Yeah, it's a little it's, more lighthearted. It kind yeah, of reminds me when you look back and watch the Batman cartoon no not the cartoon the other series and movie the tim burton and, oh yeah or not, maybe not real campy the one with arnold schwarzenegger and the robin oh yeah it's just like well, super comic booky yeah i have like, to i don't have to admit it's, this is one of those com big comic book movies that's a bit lost in the shuffle with me i'm not really paying attention to this one too much and i gotta be honest the trailer is yeah, it's fine. I don't know. It's, I'm not even sure if I'll go see it, to be honest with you. I, I don't think I just... I don't really care about this team all that much. I mean, I, I don't think theaters, but at least, you know, a home rental. A red box, if exactly. you would. <laughs> all right, well, let's move over to more of an indie movie. Uh, Dope was a critically well-received movie at the Sundance Film Festival this year. I believe it was up there with, like... Me or the Dying Girl is some of the best, from what I've heard. Uh, the trailer came out, it's about a guy who's like a nerdy black guy who's in a punk band, and somehow he gets involved with running drugs and seems to go crazy from there. Looked pretty good to me. Yeah, I saw the trailer. It, uh, interesting concept. Yeah, I Sort thought of it rolls reversed a little bit. Looked like it had some nice style to it. Just like drawings on the screen. I don't know if that's going to be there in an actual movie, if that was just for a trailer, but it was interesting. Uh, it, it looks watchable. It, I don't know, it just looks like the story is kind of an adventurous story, you know? Yeah, definitely something I'm going to check in out. that position and then how he gets out, I guess. It seems to have a pretty a fun, like, snappy pace to it. Uh, sense of danger, you know, communicated pretty well in that trailer. A little bit, like you said, there's a slight role reversal going on. I mean, the trailer sort of pokes fun at itself at the start of the trailer where uh, he's, he's at school, he's talking to a counselor or something like that, and, oh, yeah, I'm from the hood, this and that, this and that, but he's actually, you know, a really smart guy, and he doesn't get into any trouble, but uh, it looks, I probably... Red box this if that was available in Canada. Yeah, I'd, I'd red box it. Cool. <laughs> and lastly, a horror movie, The Gallows. This is another one of those Bloom horror movies, much like Paranormal Activity. Uh, I think Insidious is under the same label, but um, not really much to the trailer. But you can definitely tell it's from the same team as Paranormal Activity, like a found footage movie where it's just like one shot and it's basically just critics lines of how good it is and then something mm -hmm. crazy happens at the end I mean I like the first two paranormal activities I stopped watching them after that I don't know why 
I would probably still like the series, but uh, I'll give this movie a shot. If it's anything like Paranormal Activity, it will be bad. Oh, I don't know how you say you like yeah, the first Yeah, I'm two. not interested. <laughs> it was, uh, it's, it's a neat trailer. It's, I kind of like these types of trailers where it's just one scene as opposed to a lot of flashes and quick cuts of, of, of many scenes. So I think it's a cool trailer. I'm not sure what the heck is going on or what this movie's about, but... Uh, it's 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 a well put together trailer. Well, ugh, it's getting late here. It's a well put together trailer. I'm I'm curious, although I still have don't I still don't really know what happens in this movie. So, let's. Well, out of all of the trailers, which one do you guys think did the best job of pumping up the film? Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. Mm, I have to agree with that. Yeah, the Force is strong with that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, since we're talking about movies we're looking forward to, and we weren't talking about how much money they were making, but let's start. Let's get into our summer box office draft here. Third annual. Third annual box office draft. It started off as just a little thing between me and Casey, where we picked ten movies each, and I kicked his ass. And then then the next year it grew a little bit. Yeah, first pick, though. First pick always wins, it seems. Um, (laughs) We'll see this year. And then Edgar came on board for the second one, and I kicked both of your asses. Yeah, I bad too. <laughs> and now we have one other challenger into the mix. Four people, five movies each, much like a fantasy football draft. It will snake. Whoever has first pick will get the last pick in the second round, and so on and so forth. Before we started the podcast, we decided, since Joel's new, we'll give him the first pick, and then we will go... Casey, second, since he was last place in last year's draft. Edgar, third, because he was second. And I will go last at the turn, since I kicked everybody's ass uh, last year. So, Joel, with the number one overall pick in the 2015 Summer Box Office Draft, where are you going? I select the <laughs> Avengers Age Ultra. I was really hoping that somehow that just... <laughs> Slipped your mind, yeah. That's an easy pick right there. Already has like eighty-five percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it's gonna make a ton of money. At least one point three billion. So, <laughs> you, you won. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Be um, next year. <laughs> it has a budget of about two hundred fifty million from reports, so that's it'll only make about a billion when all is said. Uh, like I said, it was my most anticipated movie, and it would have been my number pick, if, number one pick, if if I had it. Casey, what's your number one pick? My number one pick, uh, if I can't have the Avengers, I'm going to pick one that is almost guaranteed to make about a billion, uh, Mission Impossible. So, okay. the last one made, I think, 1.2 or so. Uh, this one has even more hype than the last one, uh, and I hear critically that it is supposedly very good. So, yeah, it was my number six overall in my top thirty pre-draft rankings. Yeah, pretty, pretty solid pick. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll make a lot of money for sure. Yeah, Edgar, you're up. Yeah, uh, I got an interesting choice. Two movies that I know are going to make money. I think I'm going to go with the one that I'm going to go with the one that I'm sure is just going to will not stop making money. I'm going to go with uh, Minions, which is an offshoot of uh, 
of uh, the God, I don't even know Despicable what it was. Despicable, right? And those movies made a lot of money, and they, they I, I think they were kind of well received. Yeah, they were, but yeah. Minions, I feel, is more like a a planes type of deal. You think so? It was number yeah. two on my pre-draft ranking. Wow. I maybe I'm just reading it completely. Wrong. I figure this is basically another sequel to Spickle Me, and that made like a billion or close to you, it. Do you least. think of it as a sequel? Yeah, or, I don't think it matters if people think of it as a sequel. The minions people love those yellow things. love wow. those movies. So, that was number seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> I would mm-hmm. expect a solid seventy something percent and uh, about nine hundred million dollars. Wow, I'm thinking what? no more than two. Just think of it, guys. You got, you know, it's two, a brother and a sister. They're both young. They both want to see it. Both parents have to take them to see it. That's four people. That's like that's like 60 bones right there. Yeah. One family. I'm going to win this, baby. They see the, the big Pixar movie that's coming out instead? I feel like they're coming out a month or two apart. I think there's enough for both okay. to make a ton of money. And speaking of Inside Out, that will be my first pick in this Year's draft. It was number four overall for me. Um, it's Pixar. I think it's going to be good. It's an original property, not a sequel like they have been trending to do. So hopefully it gets back critically into the, uh, you know, where Pixar is typically mm-hmm. at. It will make a lot of money, I think, no matter how good it is. Um, I'll take my daughter to see it as well as millions of other parents, I'm sure. And my second pick at the turn coming back around would be Ant-Man, the other Marvel movie coming out in July. Um, I just think Marvel has that power. It's probably going to be a big budget. Are you are you predicting to be like pretty much Guardians of the Guardians Galaxy? Guardians of the Galaxy, yes. Uh, under the radar. Which one you would last year, by the way? Yes. Uh, I think it will basically be this year's Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know if we'll make quite as much. Nowhere near. But uh, not even close. <laughs> it will do well. Edgar's your second pick. Uh, yeah, you sort of surprised me with Ant Man there. Um, I'm going to go with my second pick. Is going my second pick's going to be the Fantastic Four? I got even. <laughs> I just said I wasn't totally sold on it. It's a huge property. I, I, I'm aware of the fact that it's it's still one of the more popular Marvel characters, and uh, Josh Trank is is a really good director. You have a really strong cast. I I, I got a feeling the movie's going to be well received, and it's it's I like the release date. It's sort of near the end where you know just August is not the biggest month, but now we have a Fantastic Four movie, so I'm going to go Fantastic Four. Yeah, that's an interesting pick because in August, there, based on my uh, pre-draft scouting, there was not much in August other than Fantastic Four. So I think it has a lot of room to breathe, could have some good legs. I like the pick. Thank you. Casey. See, this is where it gets a little tricky because I'm, I'm going in blind completely on the scheduling. Uh, the one I know uh, of that I'm not going to pick is after Avengers. Uh, but I don't know if, how soon this one comes out, but Jurassic World. Jurassic World comes out like early June. Is it around anything big? Um, you got Inside Out, 
it, I believe it comes out around the same time as Inside Out, uh, but it's a, a different genre. Yeah. So. so Jurassic World. That yes. was up there in my rankings as well. Uh, whether it's going to be good or not, uh, that's the thing. Is I should have looked into the Rotten Tomatoes. They'll probably get it about a 60-65. I think make worldwide probably close to 700. I would agree with both of those numbers, and I think it's a really good pick. Joel, you're on for two picks in a row here at the turn. Alright. And do a bad job because we need to make up some ground here. <laughs> um, I guess I'm going to go with Mad Max. Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. Comes out two weeks after your first pick, Avengers Age of Ultron. But I think it has potential. Uh, I feel like it's going to be well reviewed. I think it would be like at 80% yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. You'll get to keep most of your profit. I have a feeling that the budget's not going to be huge, so I, I think it has a chance. I don't, I don't well, know. We've not over budget. They've had to reshoot stuff. Ooh, they, I didn't this know about that. This movie's insanely expensive. Yeah, oh, I that, think it's... Oh, shit. That's tricky. Yeah. <laughs> I would have guessed a $100 million budget. and Ooh, that, $100 million. Come on. <laughs> uh, it's going to be at least 180. I don't think it's going to make much more than 400, though. I think it'll make, yeah, the four, four, four fifty is what I would have guessed. So, yeah, but and, it and, is and, going to have what? What does it have on Rotten Tomatoes now? 90. Does it already have reviews? I don't I believe know. it I, premieres in the Cannes Film Festival uh, in a couple weeks. Okay. Um. So it's it's Joel again uh, with yeah. his second pick. Well, first pick of the third round, ninth overall. All right. Um, it's just a hunch, but I'm gonna pick Ted too. I think it's a great, great. I think it'll have a fairly low budget, and it the last one seemed to make a ton of money. So it really did. It's gonna have a a low budget for sure. I think I had it predicted at like a sixty million dollar budget, and it's if if sequels are any indication, they typically make more than the original, and the original made a lot of money. Yeah. So that is a good. That is a good pick. I like that pick. Well, that was possibly mine. Uh, <laughs> mine is going to be San Andreas. Uh, the Rock brings the money. So. What is it called? San Andreas. Wasn't on my top thirty, but. Wow. You never know. I just I hadn't heard of it. I knew it was you the Rock. Heard of it. No, was it based on GTA or? I yeah, don't know. it's a San Andreas fault. In California or whatever. I mean, that's just something that was completely under my radar. I just had no idea what it was other than The Rock. Okay. Well, hopefully that doesn't tell. But hopefully this isn't your The Gift from last year. or The Giver. The Giver, that's right. Oh, God, I remember that. No, this <laughs> one, the Giver was kind of supposed to be my, like, my no profit but no loss type of movie this one I feel like is going to make some decent money it's going to have terrible reviews uh, but I'm going to make some profit well I'm rooting for you Edgar huh yeah a lot of the really huge stuff is well actually no I'm looking at one but I think that one's going to be thrashed so I'm not going to take it Uh, I'm going to take something not a big movie but the first one had really strong legs. I'm gonna go with Magic Mike XXL. That's a great pick as well. That was I was eyeing that one up. That uh, the ladies uh, love Magic Mike, and it was not. A, I remember it not being that bad either. 
And I know Soderbergh's not back directing, but I saw the trailer, very funny trailer. Uh, you know the ladies are going to be back. And uh, yeah, I think I think it'll be sort of that nice little sweet spot where it'll sort of just keep on incrementally making a little bit of money and have good reviews. It, it won't be my big money maker, but I think it'll be a consistent one. Yeah, low budget, I'm sure. Uh, it will make money. I don't know how much, how well it will do internationally, worldwide. Mm. It's, it seems oh. to me more of a domestic box office maker, but the first one definitely did well for itself. So it was probably going to get picked by me if you hadn't taken it. So my number three will be another big Disney movie, Tomorrowland. I talked about it in my most anticipated movies, and... I know it's going to be a big budget, but three weeks after the Avengers, I think it's going to just miss out on that cavalcade of fans going to flock to that, and I think they will turn their attention to Tomorrowland. It is a PG movie, so this will get the kids as well as the adults. It's a little bit of a risk for me, but I, I think it will pay off. I think it's too soon from Avengers and Mad Max, so, so we'll see. see? I'm I'm worried, uh, Joel, about that Mad Max. I just ah, I don't know. I don't see that making money. I who who knows what Mad Max is these days? It's I don't know. I don't have the, I I'm I'm fucking dying to see that. Movie. <laughs> speaking, the general movie going public, I don't think it's going to connect. I don't think anybody knows what that is. It's a risk. That is, I uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I had it at my like number twelve. On my rankings, uh, I hope it does well because it looks good. Yeah, I'm sort of just thinking that maybe one of the bigger action movies flops a little bit, and it, people kind of go to the Mad Max, kind of the better alternative of the two or whatnot. But. All right. Well, my first pick of the fourth round will be Insidious Chapter Three. Mm, interesting. See this when I first was looking at. The numbers, I was like, eh, Insidious Chapter 3, that's not going to be great. But after looking at what the first two made, at, based off of the budget, it's definitely going to be profitable. I was really surprised at how much the second Insidious made, and uh should be an easy three or four hundred million dollars for me. The horror films always do a good job for you. They always do. Yeah, I always... <laughs> it's like there's always one or two per summer that... It takes off. So. Because, the, I mean, the budget is so low usually. And yep. The profit, even if you make $112 million, Usually, yeah. You know, you're making quadruple. The only like, problem with Insidious Chapter 3 is I don't know about that Rotten Tomatoes score. Uh, but at least it should be in the green. Fourth yeah. overall for Edgar. Fourth overall for me, well, you just said it, Bob. Uh, there's usually one or two per summer. You took the one. I'm going to take the two. I'm going to go with Poltergeist. Okay. That's uh, going to be the biggest one. You think so? Yes. Because it's PG, I believe. PG? Yeah, I believe they're going more of like a kid-friendly horror and, th and I think that's the key thing. I think, not that, not that kids are going to flock to see it necessarily, but I think that's actually what's going to help it you know enough of this uh super serious super gory stuff just give us a good old-fashioned ghost haunted house uh story and i think that this is the vibe i'm getting it, it really does feel like a proper remake 
of the original. And uh, I got a good feeling for this one. I think it's like middle of the summer. It's like June or July. Yeah. It's uh, When is Insidious? Insidious is around the same time. Ooh. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, I guess one of us will be the victor. Yeah. And the other will go to spoils. <laughs> All right. Uh, Casey, number uh, four. My number four is Pan. Pan, okay. Uh, yes. Um, with Hugh Jackman, it is the, the Peter Pan uh, iteration. I think, I don't know when the timing of it is, but I think that it's going to do... It's like the end of July. End of That's July. That's a good time. I think it's going to do very well with Hugh Jackman. Uh, there's some other big stars. I don't... I don't exactly remember who. Um, yeah, I just saw the tra- Rooney Mara is in it. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know the budget. I'm guessing the budget's not going to be too expensive. It doesn't seem um, huge. It's so, um, I think this is a solid pick for, especially this late. Another kid-friendly, these kinds of movies, like last year, Edgar had Maleficent, and that did really well for him. Well, uh, Cinderella's yeah. doing well, and this is another similar type of thing. I mean, it's... Yeah, and I think this is, it's also going to draw a lot of the older older crowd because it is Peter Pan so same idea as my Tomorrowland pick I guess yeah but yeah. not gonna do as good so yeah. <laughs> alright Joel you got your last two picks here make them count alright let's see what's left on the board you got Terminator Genesis Pixels <laughs> Pixels <laughs> Vacation yeah Adam Sandler scares me his returns. <laughs> yeah. Although I thought it looked better than most of the movies that he's been pumping out lately. But I think I'm iffy on it, but I'll go with Terminator. Alright. Wow. I love that pick for you. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> I do think the, could... the Rotten Tomatoes is going to kill it. It's going you to think so? You will not get a cent. <laughs> it looks it looks terrible. But trailers can be deceiving, and I feel like people are going to go see this movie on like a people like to watch a train wreck, right? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe. And I do think, inter- no matter what it does domestically, that name Terminator, I think internationally it's going to make some money. Well, I, I, I'm I'm going to try to be a little bit more positive than, than you guys, Joel. That's a great, great. <laughs> that's a great pick for me, Bob, and me. <laughs> Yeah, right. this could help us even things out here. Yeah. Two potential bombs uh, with Mad Max and Terminator, but, you know, last year we thought certain things were going to bomb, and they didn't. And they didn't. Yeah. So, time will tell. What is your last pick? I can't, I can't remember who I'd be home predicting Godzilla, but that ended up being a pretty damn good pick. How did that be me? Thank you very much. <laughs> I think it was Spy. Spy? Okay, that was next highest on my uh, rankings. Another comedy. This was Paul Feig starring Melissa McCarthy. It doesn't look too great to me, but I'm sure with that combination it will make some money. Hmm. Casey, your final pick. My final pick. I'm between... Sin City 3. <laughs> <laughs> I'm between two movies, Aloha what? and Southpaw. I believe The Fighter did extremely well, didn't, didn't it? Um, not The Fighter. Uh, what, Warrior? Warrior? Uh, I don't know how well it did. I feel like it was very solid. So that's convincing me to do Southpaw. Southpaw? I will do Southpaw. Looks interesting. It's from the same guy to make Training Day. So 
Jake Gyllenhaal's on a bit of a hot streak. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. Critically, it's going it's going to do very well. I think so. I do. Uh, Aloha. I don't know really anything too much about it. But I have it here as number nine on my list. So, uh, comedy starring Bradley Cooper, obviously coming off of yeah. American Sniper. He's yeah. got some clap, but South Paul, it is South Paul. Edgar, final pick. This is a tough one. Not a whole lot. I'm looking at Man from Uncle, but that's a week after my Fantastic Four. I don't want to shoot myself in the foot. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I'm going to go with. Okay, this is gonna. <laughs> this is going to sound like it's coming out of left field, but it seems to me the first one did well. I'm going to go with Pitch Perfect too. I like the pick. That was might have been my pick. Uh, I do think that it's a small budget movie. Um, the first one did okay, but I feel like it did great on DVD. I think a lot of people really called onto that movie late, <coughs> and I think the sequel's <coughs> going to see a pretty big bump. So it'll right. be profitable. I'm going to go with Trainwreck as my last pick. Judd Apatow comedy, they have always seemed to do pretty well at the box office in the past, and I'd like to have at least one comedy on my on my team here. I have a horror, I have an action, I have an animated. I got a little bit of everything, and Trainwreck will be my comedy. So let's run down the squads here one last time. Joel... With the first pick, he has Avengers Age of Ultron, obviously going to do beautifully. Mad Max Fury Road, up in the air. Ted 2, Terminator Genesis, and Spy. It's a, it's a mixed bag, I think. Uh, he's given us a chance with some of this picks, or he could just blow us right out of the water. Yeah, it's very generous of you, uh, Joel. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I try to be uh, nice, you know. <laughs> Casey coming in with Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, Jurassic World, San fucking Andreas, uh, <laughs> Pan, and Southpaw. For me, this, the question mark here is San Andreas, but again, just could be my ignorance to the, the movie in, in general. So I like the first two picks. I like Pan. The other ones are iffy, but you can't win them all. <laughs> Edgar. He's coming out of the gate with Minions, Fantastic Four, Magic Mike, XXL, Poltergeist, and Pitch Perfect 2. I really like that team. I think all of them will be profitable. I just don't know if there's one or two that is going to be huge yeah. enough to, to take out the Avengers team. But. I'm wondering if I'm wondering if I went too much on the other side. Uh, last summer, I was so confident with Transformers because it would make so much money. It wouldn't matter how bad it was, and it actually still ended up hurting me because it was just that bad. Yeah, I'm wondering if I went too much in the other direction this year, but we'll see. Yeah, you gotta try different strategies. See, see where it takes you. I remember Transformers made over a billion dollars, but I think you only kept like a hundred million of it <laughs> because of that. Damn Rotten Tomatoes score. Piece of shit. <laughs> and I'm rounding things out with Inside Out, Ant-Man, Tomorrowland, Insidious Chapter 3, and Trainwreck. And man, I feel good about that. That's Dude, good. I actually feel like you have the worst list. <laughs> <laughs> 
I truly do. <laughs> like Ant-Man and Insidious Chapter 3. I like those picks. I feel like all of them are going to do pretty good on Rotten Tomatoes, and I think they're all going to make money. I think we have ourselves a three-peat here, fellas. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Time will tell. It'll be fun to track all summer long. It's one of my favorite things we do on this podcast. This and the Redbox Awards at the end of the year. But, so. well, that's fun. Uh, I remember last summer. Uh, that was fun. It's, um, I'm glad to be back doing this year with you guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate you guys being here for this. All right, well, let's wrap things up. It's been a long episode, um, but a fun one. Yeah. In theaters last weekend, Furious 7 was still number one for like the third or fourth week in a row with like 29 million. Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2, <laughs> made $24 million and has a good old 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Zero? <laughs> 0%. Jeez. Too bad. Joel didn't take that with his pick. Um, Child 44, speaking of Tom Hardy, we have said his name quite a bit on this podcast. He's in this movie as like a Russian spy, I believe. Um, looked interesting to me. Unfriended, a found footage horror movie. They got decent reviews, but I don't know. I've seen this Just seems commercial like... on YouTube so much the past couple of weeks. I can't wait till it's done with. <laughs> seems just to be samey. Seems predictable. Um, Anything paranormal through the internet is dead to me <laughs> immediately. True story. I have to admit something. I saw this last summer at Fantasia before it was picked up by any major studios, and uh, everybody raved about it. And I was sitting uh, in that room going, what the fuck is shit? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm with you guys on that one. I've seen it. I'm with you guys on that one. But everybody's raving about it. You unfriended it, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, I did. And uh, another movie coming out, True Story. This is James Franco and Jonah Hill not being funny. It's like a drama that they're going for. Something serious. I hear it's a little bit of a miss, but I'm still kind of interested. And Monkey Kingdom, another one of these Disney animal documentaries that are forced into a narrative. Uh, they seem to be coming out with one of them every six months or so. Here's another. Um, on Redbox next week we'll be reviewing Unbroken the Angelina Jolie directed film that was supposed to give the Oscars a, a run and never really ended up doing so and also The Hobbit The Battle of the Five Armies the end of that trilogy and speaking of trilogies our top five will be top five trilogies of all time uh, quickly Casey what's your favorite trilogy of all time oh uh, Possibly Toy Story. Toy Story? Honest. I thought you'd say Lord of the Rings. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely know you're not saying it. I think Toy Story would be at least on that list. How about you, Edgar? Uh, man, I guess I'll go with... I'll, I guess I'll go classic. I'll go with the original Star Wars trilogy. Nice. Hmm. Nice picks. We'll see. we'll see if me or Joel consider those trilogies next week. Um, also coming out on Redbox, Starry Eyes, which we already reviewed, but we did a week ahead of time. What can you say? And Accidental Love. This was a movie that was originally directed by David R. Russell, starring Jessica Biel and Bradley Cooper. But there was all kinds of troubles, and I believe they reshot some stuff, and a new director took over, and they changed the name. So, interesting story. I don't know if I'll check it out, but, you know. 
what can you say? But uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and thanks for being here, fellas. You can email us, theredboxreport at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter, at the Red Box Report. I'm on Twitter, at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at... Jeez, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot this the last time. The RBR Joel. The RBR Joel. Edgar, are you on Twitter anymore? No, I'm not on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. It's just my... Just my name, Edgar Shapiro. It's it's a face of me reading a book. I'm not I'm not uh, difficult to find. Cool, and make sure you read his stuff on soundonsite.org. It does a really yeah. good job over there. Oh, thanks. Uh, also, you can like our page on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, review on iTunes, and on Letterbox. I'm at the Oil Report. I'm at Casey Brady. Edgar is at Edgar Shapiro. Yeah, Edgar Shapiro. And. As always, have a great day.